Aaron Resnick, who was at the time a club tennis player in his junior year at the University of Maryland, and Matt Slowinski, also a junior at the time and was playing Division I tennis for College of the Holy Cross, were sent home due to COVID-19, the pair came together. Slowinski and Resnick were already good friends. They grew up playing in tennis clinics and tournaments together. The two even hosted their own group clinics together as they got older. The idea of the two coaching tennis for the long term was never in their minds. Resnick himself had his heart set on a marketing career, but when the pandemic hit, the pair realized how they can make their summer side hustle of teaching kids how to play tennis into a full-time business. With all the free time that they now had on their hands, the college students created First Serve Tennis Academy. After a safe and successful 2020 filled with organized camps, strict COVID-19 protocol, and insanely fun match-playing games, First Serve Tennis blew up fast. Resnick and Slowinski placed a halt on First Serve Tennis endeavors at the end of August 2020, as they were both going back to school to achieve their bachelor's degrees. But in the summer of 2021, First Serve Tennis saw more than 200 families register for their clinics, camps, and private lessons. In just over a year, First Serve has established itself as one of the most respected and loved tennis academies in the area. With a great coaching staff, great players, and opportunity through clinics, lessons, and UTR matches for young tennis players to become the best athletes they can be, Resnick and Slowinski both credit Montclair and its community for the academy's success and emphasize the importance of giving back to the community through various charity events. Their latest one being Rackets for Africa, a charity drive benefiting women and children throughout Ghana. On this episode of Humans of Montclair, I am with Aaron Resnick and Matthew Sawinski, both founders and co-directors of First Serve Tennis Academy and longtime Montclair residents. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Um, how are you guys doing? Could you just tell the listeners who are you guys? What do you do? And what's the one thing that you love about Montclair? Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? I'm Aaron Resnick. I graduated in 2017 from Montclair High School, um, lived in Montclair for about 12 years. My family recently moved to Westfield, but I got my own place in Montclair because of uh, first serve tennis. Graduated from University of Maryland College Park this past spring, which was an awesome school, and um, co-director, co-founder of first serve tennis. And what I love about Montclair is it's a great, great, great community. Um, my name is Matt Smolinski. I'm, I'm from Montclair. I've lived here pretty much my entire life. My family moved here when I was five and I went to Regis High School in New York City and just graduated from College of the Holy Cross where I played four years of Division One tennis. And I'm like Aaron said, I'm also the uh, other co-founder and co-director of First Serve Tennis. One thing that I love about Montclair is the diversity in the town. I think that there's really a lot of everything here, a lot of different people from different backgrounds and cultures. And I really love that about how it's a, it really builds the community and, and we have a really amazing community here. And I think one of the best parts about that is the diversity. Can I ask you both why and how First Serve Tennis was created? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so Matt and I have both been playing tennis for years. We played um, competitive tournaments and been playing, you know, since we were young, that's also how we met. And, um, we had been giving private lessons since both about our junior years of high school. And I'd loved it forever. And, um, you know, some people would ask like, are you going to do this after college or anything like that? And I'd be like, no, what? I'm not going to, you know, I love things like marketing. I'm not going to be like a tennis coach, but, um, it was the summer, um, not the last summer, but the summer before 2020, uh, I was studying abroad, recently got sent home, or I had gotten sent home because of the whole COVID. Everybody had to come home and any internship situation was also taken off the table because of COVID. So we were both sort of like, all right, like we, we had talked in the past about, you know, potentially doing group clinics. I had done like some small group clinics in like years before and some other camp stuff. We had worked at camps. 
So we just thought about the idea of it and I uh, thought it'd be nice. And we just decided, you know, let's actually do this. Um, so, you know, we kind of let COVID tone down a little bit, but uh, we, we started it, you know, during COVID when, um, you know, everything indoors was closed because indoors, you know, was a little bit more risky. And um, so we started running clinics, six to nine year olds, 10 to 13 year olds, high schoolers, some adult stuff. Um, we made it you know, obviously very COVID safe and, uh, you know, there were you know, a lot of masks and spacing and just a lot of stuff going on to make people feel comfortable, but we, we really loved it. I had such a good time with it and kind of blew up out of nowhere, you know, from just that summer we had, I think over 200 people uh, within a span of like two months come join the clinics. And uh, we were about to start our senior high school, which is the year you really think about applying for jobs, applying for grad school. And we sort of looked at each other and said, this is actually something um, we, we should do after school. You know, once we graduate, we're not just going to be tennis coaches. We're going to be co-directors, entrepreneurs, personally, something I always really resonated with and, and loved the idea of, but never had something to do it with. Um, but it was just the, the perfect opportunity, um, the perfect situation, the perfect town, the perfect partnership. And, uh, and for my end, I think that's why, that's why uh, First Serve Tennis was born. Yeah, I mean, it, it really just all came together in that summer of 2020. Like Aaron said, we had been talking about running some clinics and we had both been teaching tennis for a while and we both loved the sport and it was something that we really loved to do was teach tennis. We love getting the community involved. We love the kids. We love the adults. And really just with COVID and everything, it, it ended up presenting this perfect opportunity for us to found this tennis academy. So that just gave us a, a huge help was kind of a, a really special thing in a very trying time in terms of COVID and everything. So you know, couldn't have been happier with how it all turned out. Aaron, you said prior that you and Matt met through tennis clinics and tournaments. As a competitive tennis player myself, the bonding and social aspect of the sport is something that stands out to me. All sports have a social aspect, but with tennis, it's very individual. If you have the chance to play with people or possibly be doubles partners, it creates such a great bond. What is something that stands out to the both of you, either about tennis or the environment that it creates? I think that the really unique thing about tennis is that, like you said, it's an individual sport and there's so much that it really teaches you. So for me, I think that there's so many things that can be applied, like skills and mindsets. You can apply them to all different aspects of your life, such as work ethic, perseverance, and finding ways to succeed when odds are stacked against you. And while you really can say that about any sport, it's especially true for tennis because the unique thing is it's individual. It's only you out there or your doubles partner, but then it's only two of you. There's no coach when you're in a match, at least in a match or tournament, there's no coaching. You don't have a team behind you. If you're having an off day, you can't sit on the bench and let some kid, somebody else come in and, and help you out and give you a break or anything like that. So I think one of the, the really special things about it is you have to really work by yourself, come up with work ethic by yourself. You don't always have a big team pushing you and motivating you. You got to find that motivation by yourself. And I think that's stuff that is really important for really school or any other job or really any other aspect of life. And it's just stuff that tennis has taught us that has helped us a lot for our business. And for me, at least in, in school and a lot of different aspects of my life. And I think that it's really unique in the sense of that individual aspect, although sometimes it, it's kind of tough because it's just you out there. It really kind of helps set you up for other, other parts of your life. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Matt said. Um, I mean, my first reason for my love of tennis was I have to say my mom, who, um, you know, she was a great player all of her life. She was that girl that was on the boys team. And, you know, just a great player, played in college, 
um, went to Brandeis and, you know, always kind of instilled it in me. And even I, I played a lot of serious basketball growing up. I was always playing some tennis. Um, you know, she was always pushing me to do clinics where I'm at Matt. And, you know, there was a certain point where it kind of took over just because of my love for the game. Um, but in terms of why I really love the sport, like I used to be a, a, a semi-serious chess player when I was very young. And I, I, I draw some comparisons to chess, one of which, like Matt touched on, is that it's just you out there. Um, you're 100% in control of your destiny. If you're playing doubles, it's a little different, but you know it's it's all on you. You can think about what you need to do to get better, and if you do those things, you will succeed. Uh, you know what to, to work on. Um, it's it's really just your 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 fate is all sort of you know on you. Um, so you know that's one aspect I love about it. And um, what's the other aspect I love about tennis? There's an incredible amount of strategy with with chess. You got to think. You know sometimes. 10, 15 moves ahead, potentially. And um, with tennis, it's not to that degree, but there is this idea of like, you have like your set patterns. And if I do this, then I can do that. And it's it's very um, analytical where you know what's smart, where you know what's right. If you're in a, a basketball or a football, I love team sports, but a lot is out of your hands. And a lot is just completely on whether or not your team plays well. And, um, you know, whether the coach drew up a good strategy but as a tennis player, you could say, if I hit my lefty slice out wide serve and then come in and hit a good volley, then the point I'll win the point or I can hit an overhead. And, you know, you can kind of go through those patterns. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, for me, yeah, my, my mom, uh, the, the um, strategy and the fact that it's just you, uh, those are just three of the reasons why I love tennis. But there are many more. And if you play with us, you'll, uh, you'll know more of those reasons. I don't mean to come off as a broken record, but I do want to touch on what you guys both said earlier about being analytical on the court. I think that that concept is so, so important in a lot of sports, but especially in tennis, because that's pretty much how you win your matches, just from being analytical. I guess in more specific terms, analytical meaning these two questions being why and how. You're the only person out there with the exception of a doubles partner, so you have to figure out why these shots are being hit by your opponent and then how you're going to execute those shots back so you can win the match. And I think that if you're having an off day in a team sport, you can still pose those questions because there are certain strategies and ways to win, but at the end of the day, your teammates could cover for you for having an off day. If you're playing tennis or any individual sport, as Matt said before, it's just you out there. So you have to still pose those questions to yourself. Why are my opponents or why is my opponent hitting this shot? And then what kind of shot do I have to hit back and where do I have to hit it so I could win the next point, which will lead me to win the entire game and then the entire set and then eventually the entire match. And I think thinking ahead like that and knowing how to do that and when to apply it, when not to apply it is so important. And I think that being analytical at such a young age, yeah, since I was seven, so for more than my entire life, has been such a great thing for me, and it's helped me so much on the court and then off the court. Erin, you went to Montclair High School, you were on the Montclair High School boys tennis team for all four years of your high school career, and through that, that's how you really got involved with the Montclair community. What was your experience like as a Montclair High School tennis player for those four years, and did you learn anything from either your high school tennis coach or through your teammates that you now apply every day to your career as a tennis coach and entrepreneur? I mean, one thing I learned, which 
is it's like kind of contrast the, the last thing I said, but you know, tennis, when you're playing singles, which I, I was uh, mostly in high school, it seems like an individual sport. And a lot of people think, oh, tennis players are, they, they don't like being on a team and it's just really individual. But the team being on the high school team was really the first time that I truly felt and realized that tennis actually is a team sport. Uh, whether you're playing high school or college or even a professional player, you have a team around you. And um, I felt that community. I felt that that vibe of that team, that teammanship. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a word, but, you know, I, I just, that's what sort of um, I learned from, from the team. And I had a lot of fun with it. And I made tennis even more fun. I met new friends from it. Um, so that was, that was big for me. And, um, you know, I think Montclair High School itself is just a, a kind of a, a boiling pot for different communities, um, you know, and, and tennis was one of them. So whether you're into the arts or um, you're into sports uh, or you want to, you know, try and stand up for, for inequality, you can kind of do different things that'll not only push your life forward, push other people forward, but kind of make you feel like you're part of something for a greater purpose. And I think that's what the tennis team and many other groups of Montclair High School do as well. Matt, you said before that you grew up in Montclair, but didn't go to the high school. You went to Regis in Manhattan, which is an incredibly selective all-boys high school. During your time at Regis, you committed to College of the Holy Cross to play Division I tennis. What was your experience like as a D1 athlete? What have you learned from playing college tennis that you now apply in your everyday life as a coach? I love that question because I think that playing college tennis was probably the best thing I've ever done. It was, it really felt like, for me, I love, you know, I love the sport. I love the grind. I love playing and I really like working hard and trying to get better my whole life. So when I committed, it felt like everything I've been working towards since I started playing kind of came together. But for, so in that sense, for me, I, I felt like it wasn't necessarily a challenge or a chore or something I had to seriously, I, I was going to say work towards, but that's, you know, it is a lot of hard work that goes into it, but it's not something, it's not like a burden it's a real difficult challenge and you have to put in all these, this work and hours, but at the end of the day, you got to enjoy it. And for me, I think that was the biggest thing. I was really was doing it because I love it. And I think that if you love your sport, especially in tennis, the great thing about tennis is anyone that's a pretty, that's a varsity high school tennis player could probably find a spot at some college, whether it's division three, division two or division one. So I think if you love the sport, it's, I would recommend college tennis for every, for anybody that loves the sport and wants to continue and try. I feel like I got pretty lucky with my team as well. I mean, I absolutely love my teammates. Some of my closest friends were my teammates from college. And I think that that really helped it a lot too, because it's like, again, it didn't feel like I was working really hard. It didn't feel like a chore like school did for me, for example. It didn't feel like I was putting in all these hours for nothing and, and just grinding and working hard for nothing because it was, I had this big community around me, like Aaron touched on with the Montclair High School tennis team. I felt the exact same way with my teammates. You know, we were really kind of like a family. So I think that it was a fantastic experience that I would recommend for anybody to, that wants to go down that route to definitely do it. I think that, like I said before, tennis gives you a lot of different life skills. And I think that playing college tennis was no different. I think that a lot of the team building stuff that we did um, really, really helped me as a coach and a business person. You know, helps you interact with other people, helps you overcome adversity helps you work you know continue working hard and, and building towards your towards your dreams and your goals so yeah I mean I, I definitely think that it's something that any tennis player who really loves the sport and wants to play college tennis should absolutely 
try to do it. I think that it, it's it's a really fantastic experience and the best decision I ever made was to play tennis for Holy Cross. Describe the typical day as a first serve co-director and coach for the both of you. The summers can be very hectic. Uh, it's sort of an all day type of gig, uh, you know, from like an 8 a.m. to sometimes 8 p.m. situation, some 12 hour days, some even more. Uh, but the fall is a little bit more relaxed. You know, we'll we do some morning stuff because we do pickleball clinics as well for adults and we're, we're trying to branch out to kids at some point. But um, aside from our morning clinics, we, we sort of have these groups of clinics, um, you know, two or three in a row um, in the evening. So we'll start between uh, 3.30 or 4 p.m. most days and I'll pull up hour, half hour early, hang out, get loose, play a little pickleball maybe, um, go over a lesson plan. Uh, usually see our, you know, our coaches pull up. We have a bunch of great coaches, great team, a lot of young, young, uh, players and just a lot of young energy, which is what we really go for. Um, sometimes we have to tell them to stop hitting around with each other. Cause when the kids come in, they get distracted. We'll start a clinic, whether it's adults or kids, we usually have some type of warm up or they, they do some, uh, dynamic warm ups and like jogging, static warm up, like stretching. Sometimes we do a fun little warm up game uh, for the young kids, especially. We love a, a game that really gets them into the spirit of things, gets them, you know, excited and jumpy. Uh, and then, you know, again, whatever clinic it is, we'll, we'll usually talk to the group quickly about a focus for the day. Um, you know, what specifically we want to work on, whether it's it's technical or whether it's about strategy or just mindset. Uh, then we'll get into usually just some, some basic drills. If it's really young kids, we'll start by hand feeding. If it's um, more advanced players, we'll start by feeding from the baseline or from the net. Um, and, you know, we'll go through, you know, forehands, backhands, whatever we're working on. Then from there, we usually like to, to throw in games uh, throughout the lesson. So we'll do a game, you know, there's always volleys, overheads. Uh, and, you know, towards the end, sometimes the whole second hour, if it's a two-hour clinic, we'll compete. We'll try and get a lot of competition in so people feel confident not only hitting, but actually playing against others even if somebody can't compete too well, uh, there are certain types of improvements in tennis that can only be made from competing. Even if you are, let's say, losing a lot, you'll gain something from it. Um, you know, I had a really, really successful kid in our 10 to 13 clinics and he was beating everybody. And then he came to our high school clinic, which we, we love moving kids up from one clinic to the next. And uh, he was kind of getting, getting beat a little bit pretty badly against all the high schoolers. And I said, hey, at this clinic, you're here to, to lose points and learn from it. Um, so I, I think I got a little sidetrack there but but generally yeah it's just a, a kind of a very um you know it's a process uh, we we kind of plan out the clinics plan out the lesson plans lately sometimes we do really late evening pickleball clinics um so we come home exhausted but it doesn't matter because we love what we're doing so it doesn't feel like i came home from a day of work okay it just feels like i came home from a long day uh of doing um and, you know there's a ton of behind the scenes stuff, whether it's uh, marketing or, or talking to parents and just different types of things that take up, I would say one to two hours per day. Um, that's not even seen, you know, whether handling coaches, different things. Uh, but again, we love it all. So it's not really, um, people say, how was work? And I'm like, you go to work, you go to a nine to five and then complain about it. I don't go to work. I go to tennis, you know? Yeah, I mean that that definitely covered pretty perfectly the uh, the on court stuff and everything like that. And I think there really is a lot of behind the scenes work too that goes on that not everybody sees. And we were on the court for you know several in the summer we're on the court all day. Now in the fall we're on the court for maybe half a day, four to five hours or so. But then the rest of our waking hours a lot of the times is really dedicated towards stuff like interacting with clients, managing the signups and the website and all this stuff. We have all these different systems that 
are able to take signups and have people pay online automatically and all this kind of different stuff that we're really sort of implementing as we go. If anyone that's been with us for the past year has known that a lot of the systems are, are updated periodically, you know, as we try to offer more options to our customers and stuff like that. So there really is a, a lot of behind the scenes work. Like Aaron said, it's really one to two hours a day, sometimes even more that we, that we spend off court working on all that behind the scenes stuff that makes it happen. Earlier this month, First Serve Tennis partnered up with former Ghanaian number one tennis player, Francisca Nayarko, to create Rackets for Africa. Rackets for Africa is a charity drive where Montclair residents can donate their rackets in any condition to the Montclair Beach Club in a box labeled Rackets for Africa. The rackets collected will then be distributed to women and children in villages throughout Ghana. Women and children will have the opportunity to participate in free clinics in Ghana, and on top of that, have the opportunity to play tennis because of your donations. Aaron, Matt, you both are no strangers to creating charity events to give back to the community. That's a big part of First Serve's ideology. But can I ask you why you both wanted to participate and create Rackets for Africa specifically? I mean, you know, first off, we, um, you know, we we wanted to use the community we built with First Serve Tennis to obviously run a lot of clinics, but also use it for good. So this is going to be our, our, it's our third charity initiative. We did one with helping a kid for uh, plan something for his bar mitzvah project, which is helping on the Israel Tennis and Learning Center. We did a clinic for them. Uh, my uncle, who sadly passed away earlier this year, worked for the Alaska Wilderness League. And we put on a big event, actually raised over $15,000 for, for that organization in his name. And this was the third initiative. We had talked a while actually about raising rackets just because we have this community and people have rackets they don't use. We always hear about the, the amount of old rackets people have that they don't do anything with that get thrown out um, or you know who knows where. But we uh, we talked about it for a while and we're talking maybe Newark. You know, we, we kind of donate to a program and then we teach some clinics there, which is still a thought in the future. Uh, but as we were discussing like a week, almost like a week or two after I got DM'd on LinkedIn by this girl. I guess she saw like, you know, founder of Tennis Academy in my, my headline in my bio. And she basically reached out out of nowhere and said, hey, I'm trying to find like some way to get rackets donated to me. I wanted to bring rackets back home to Ghana and sort of told me her whole story, which um, really fascinated me. So, you know, she uh, she grew up in, in Ghana and uh, not not um, a great area. You know, they had poverty uh, stricken and she was donated a racket. There was an organization that gave her a racket and she loved it. She grew to love tennis quickly and ended up being the number one player in the country. And, you know, she now plays, she got a full ride to play in America at school in the U.S. And I believe it's in Arkansas. And she played all college. Now she's getting a master's, still playing. And she wanted to give back to, to people in her um, community back home the same way people did to her. So we partnered with her to help her do that. We're going to be, um, you know, we're collecting rackets at the Montclair Beach Club, as Anna said. We're also, we may be able to even pick up rackets from her house. We're also looking for other local businesses to help have their own collection boxes. We're trying to get as many rackets as possible because we know Anna's, um, or, sorry, not Anna, uh, Francisca. Um, she's she's sort of, we, we helped kind of come up with this idea of Rackets for Africa. And that's her own organization that she is sort of uh, starting. And we're sort of partnering with her for this first initiative to, to get her rackets. And then she's going to go on and, and give the rackets out and she has a, her own plan to um, you know, use a bunch of her other tennis friends and coaches to basically put on free clinics uh, for in multiple villages throughout Ghana uh, for, for young. I think the, the target is, is women and children. And um, you know she's gonna be 
doing those clinics, giving out the rackets, and we know every racket donated uh, is going to end up going to a good cause. So that's why we're trying to do the most of this. And, you know, we think in the future, maybe doing something again with rackets, uh, you know, with, with some program in Newark or something like that. But we just wanted to keep doing, doing good things for uh, the environment to give back. And um, yeah, Rackets for Africa. There's a, there's a link on our, on our website. You can just go click Rackets for Africa, see a picture of her, hear the story. And uh, if anyone's ever interested in, in hearing more about it, they can always reach out to me um, or look at our Instagram, First for Tennis. I think that the one of the really big things about it too is just giving these kids the opportunities that we have that we've gotten through tennis, because all the a lot of these kids in Africa they're less fortunate than us, and not just Africa but other parts of the world, and including in the United States, they don't have access to the equipment, coaching, or organized play that we've had, and that have allowed us to be introduced to the sport and grow our passion for it. And then, like we said before have allowed us or that, you know, the sports taught us all these different life lessons and given, given us all these memorable experiences and some of our best friends, but even bigger than that for us in our lives, it's given us the opportunity to run this business and to create something for ourselves and do what we love after college. And that's really something that tennis has given us because we had the opportunity to play it. Some of these other kids that don't have the opportunity, they don't have the access to equipment and coaching, et cetera they they're kind of locked out from some of those benefits of the sport but if we can get rackets in their hands if we can get them to join some free clinics then they could go down the same route that francisco went down they could get a scholarship to play college tennis in the united states and take that even farther and i think that's really the the most amazing thing and, and the biggest one of the biggest motivations for us is to allow some of these kids to have that same opportunity that we have had and you know we've been of course very fortunate to have been able to have access to equipment and coaching and all the stuff that has allowed us to succeed. So we're just, even if we can make the difference in one or two kids' lives that maybe they can one day go on to get an education because of tennis or start a business because of tennis, or even just use the lessons that tennis teaches them to further their own lives, I think that would be definitely a win for us and really one of the things that's motivating us to continue doing this. In just over a year, First Serve has become one of the most respected and loved tennis academies in the town. With so many of the high school players going there to train off-season, so many young kids starting to play tennis through First Serve, and many adults in town participating in either the tennis or pickleball clinics. This kind of fast-paced and overnight success, for lack of a better term, comes to people like Slowinski and Resnick who have garnered the success because of their passion and love for a game like tennis. You both are very goal-driven people with this entrepreneurial mindset, which is pretty much why you both created First Serve during the pandemic. That being said, I personally wouldn't know, but I'm sure that running a tennis academy and working very long days and doing what you guys love can also be very, 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 very difficult. Is there any words or advice that you've gotten over the past few years that you constantly tell yourself or listen to when you're feeling a little less motivated? I think that for me, at least my, uh, my grandfather always tells me, if you're not doing what you love, then you shouldn't be doing it. And I think that that for me is really, really helped convince me to, con well, there are many things that really push me to continue doing this, but I think that's definitely one of one thing that always keeps me on track because I know that this is what I love doing. And, you know, I, I would personally was never somebody that was really into school. 
you know, I never really liked reading or math problems or all that stuff. And with school, I was kind of going through the motions. But with this, it's tennis is something that I'm passionate about. And we're very lucky to have found this this amount of success with it. But I think that that advice, you know, to do something that you love is is really helped motivate me to, to continue and staying on track and know that this is the right track for me, at least for now. Yeah, I, uh, I hate to beat a dead horse, but I, I was going to kind of, you know, use my grandpa who also told me to do what you love. And uh, once you saw that I was interested in sort of being an entrepreneur, you know, I started a little shoveling business when I was in middle school and he saw how maybe elementary, but he saw how like excited I was from that. And so early on, he said, I think you're going to work for yourself someday. Uh, and, it, you know, it seems like you love doing that. So you should do it. And uh, I was like, you know, I call him Bob, Mimi and Baba. Like, I was like, Baba, what are you talking about? Like, and he's like, you'll see. So, you know, uh, like I said before, it doesn't feel like I necessarily work every day. I'm just doing stuff that I have, that I sort of have to do, but that I love. And I, I think uh, whether you're in a company or running a business, um, you should do what you love, especially for those running a business. If you don't love it, if you don't think about it 24 seven, if it's not like keeping you up at night and, you know, making you like almost paranoid sometimes, then, then, then don't do it because, um, you know, it, it's, it's a serious thing and trying to run a business and, and we love it. And so, you know, whether it's this or something else, you should absolutely enjoy what you do. And if you really, really do, it's not going to feel like work and it's going to make life a lot better to live. I guess like the last thing is um, describe Montclair in one word. Uh, community. Yeah, I was actually going to go with the same <laughs> word. I mean, I think that, yeah, it, the community is amazing and that's what's allowed us to do this and run this charity drive without the amazing Montclair community. We wouldn't be anywhere with this. You know, we really owe it to the community. So. Yeah, yep, absolutely. All right. Thank you. So and, hey, I wanted to say what you're doing is, is an awesome job here. There's so many small businesses in Montclair that are just incredible, ran by incredible people, but um, they might not have the, the right eyes on them and the right exposure to, to other people. But I think what you're doing is, is awesome and getting those people to be seen and heard. Um, so great job with this. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Like that's, I don't know, that just means a lot. Of course. Again, I want to say thank you so much to Aaron Resnick and Matt Slowinski, co-directors and co-founders of First Serve Tennis Academy based in Montclair, New Jersey, for giving up some time to talk about how and why First Serve Tennis was created, what has influenced them as tennis coaches, what it's like to be an entrepreneur and run a business doing what you love, and then finally their amazing racket drive, Rackets for Africa, in which they partnered up with former Ghanaian number one player Francis Ganarica to do. For more information on the racket drive, go to firstservetennisnj.com, and for information on winter clinics, private lessons, and pickleball sessions, also go to firstservetennisnj.com. You can also follow First Serve Tennis on Instagram at firstservetennis. And to everyone listening, I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to Humans of Montclair. I made this podcast for the Montclair NJ community and to have people actually listen to it is incredible. Be sure to check out some of our other episodes, specifically our last one with Anaya Fleming-Thomas and Sam Safferstein of the Montclair Students Firm. 
Other ways that you can support the podcast are by following our Instagram at humansofmtc. That is humansofmtc. And special thanks to Montclair Radio. Montclair Radio is a club at the Montclair High School that I was a founding member of my freshman year. MHS Radio has given students from grades 9 to 12 a place where they can showcase their music, their podcasts, their art, and so much more all in one place. Without radio, I probably wouldn't be here podcasting right now. Montclair Radio does give us a place to promote Humans of Montclair, so I am so grateful to have them on the Humans of Montclair team. Montclair Radio has a ton of new members who are at the moment producing tons of podcasts, tons of music, and producing really great content. Be sure to check out Montclair Radio stuff. You can find it all on their Instagram at Montclair Radio. They have a ton of students just spewing out content, whether it be podcasts, art, music, etc. And if you are a high school student at Montclair who is interested in podcasting, journalism, art, and so much more, Montclair Radio is definitely the place for you. So you should definitely check it out. Anyways, stay tuned for episode three. I am so excited to share it with you guys. And I hope that you have an amazing day, an amazing week. And again, thank you so much for supporting Humans of Montclair.